We need to up our game and shit. We need to do comedy butt naked, right? His eye socket off and his eyeball fell out. White women keep kidnapping us. Y'all seen the blind side? Aren't you glad we have that disclaimer at the beginning of the episode? It's gonna come in handy for this This episode of the Voice Party Podcast is brought to you by Rich City Rides. Ride further, ride together. Get your ride on with Rich City Rides. Should just start recording right there. Just start like that. Oh my god, just sit down. Ah. Just every fucking time. Do the intro. <clears throat> welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Voice Party Podcast. It's me, JD, here. And uh, starting off with my co-host, Warren, here. What's up, Joaquin? Oh, he's not here. Uh, Corday, also not here. Uh, none of these guys are here. It's just me and fucking Phil. What's up, Phil? And then there were two. This fucking podcast is dying and dying slowly. But we're holding the line, baby. We're we home. will hold the line. We will hold the line. Ah, uh, this is like the Joe Rogan experience, and this is just me and Jamie. You know, you watch Joe, like you know. I, I see clips, uh, but I don't. I can't watch a three-hour podcast. No, me neither. Um, and uh, no, but we're here. This is the first sessions of the new year. I mean. Uh, second session. I, I, as far as our audience is concerned, it's like February because we had a backlog. For, but uh, we're back in the groove. We recorded uh, a massive backlog before the holidays so we could take Christmas off. Mainly because we didn't know if this show was going to survive. Yeah, you watched that last set of tapings and it's... <sighs> we're like, it's our last day. This is our last, we're living every, like those last episodes, like they were our last day. The, the Anthony K was like, fuck it, might as well go out guns blazing with Anthony K. <laughs> I mean, you know what? If we have to, I am legend this, we will, I am legend this. I am this. legend this, yes. Um, and that's how I felt. That's how like, we didn't know the show was going to survive. Uh, we don't, we don't want to get too into detail, but we didn't have our studio. Yeah, we took, we... I went to, I did, I had my Hollywood adventure yes. where I got to, I got to do some filming for a, which a, ma really, which a major which really streaming got, network. Which really got into Phil's head a lot. Like, it but, just, but I, I got to do some filming for a major streaming network. Yeah. Uh, I came back Friday night at like 1130. The very next morning, we did a whole day's worth of tapings. The following day, we did a whole nother day's worth of tapings. And we were like, cool, we can take Christmas off. We'll come back in January. We'll be recharged and refreshed. It it's great. And then in January, we found out. Uh, Cut to one of the empty, uh, uh, one of the empty seats just as you talk. <laughs> and then in January, we found out that uh, we were losing our sponsor, Big Boy Raps. And so we needed. Not as a friend, though. Yeah, no, not as a friend. His business failed. So. <laughs> Well, I, we don't have to explain why. We don't want to say all that. I just we don't have a sponsorship from Big Boy Raps, but Big Boy Raps are great sponsors. Great I love sponsors. Big Boy Raps, and and they got quite a, quite a lot of business from us. They had a few people Very saying, I, "I found out about you from the Voice yeah. Party." Very delicious raps. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough business to keep the lights on. So uh, we typical Bay Area, California business thing right now, though. Like a lot of businesses are struggling, and this is just like. 
how it is right now and yeah. everywhere. Not just so, so we had to spend all of January trying to find a new sponsor, trying to find a new recording location. Um, we think we found something that's permanent. We'll see how this works out. It looks pretty promising and amazing so far. So far, so good. We got a big ass TV right here. Uh, and as you already heard at the beginning of the episode, our new sponsor, Rich City Rides. <laughs> no, but um, this board is the best thing I've bought for the, the podcast. Thing. No, but it is. It is a very. It was a very thing where I almost. I'm glad we we found a new sponsor to keep the show going. Also, because I kind of felt like you know what, we put out a new episode every Monday for the last four years we we didn't stop when there was a asymptomatic global pandemic we didn't stop when there was lockdowns we didn't stop for any reason for the past four years we have never missed a week we have been in your inbox every monday for four years without fail i did not want to break that streak and we're trying not to break the streak uh so right now i guess we are aside from uh, just a sponsor that we have now we're also kind of looking for corporate sponsors in a way right or that's sport we also talked about looking for grants because you've talked about how like what we do can be considered journalism we, it's for the community this yeah is for the community. We, we've had activists uh fucking mayor of richmond eduardo martinez was on our show all when he was of, campaigning all kinds of talent uh from mm. the bay area all kinds of yeah. uh you know community leaders so i, I don't know it just if anyone listening knows anything yeah, because I mean, uh, we could help us. Yeah, because I mean, it's all we, coming out of our pocket. Yeah, we've talked about this. Like, I would love to upgrade our setup. We need new cameras. My camera's totally fucked. I think there's like some fungus growing in the lens, and that's why everything's fuzzy. Uh, I can't that's really. Why, that's why I cut to an empty seat when you put yourself. There you go. There, there we go. go. <laughs> but I mean, uh, that's what that's what my camera should look like. Instead, I'm stuck looking like this. We're not complaining. We're not complaining. We're making it work. It's just we've already invested a lot of money in this. We can't really keep investing money. So if anybody knows something, anybody knows anyway. Yeah. So we'd yeah. like we'd like to find some more sponsors. We'd like to maybe see if we qualify for some arts grants or journalism grants because we would like to upgrade our setup, upgrade our Cameras, keep the show going. Put some money behind us. Get some advertising going. Maybe get some new eyeballs on the show. Because really, we've only grown by word of mouth. Like we've ran a couple ads here oh, and there. I thought that was applause. Oh no, hold on. That's, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we've we've ran a couple ads here and there, but not a whole lot. No. And so we've really only grown by word of mouth. Right, and that's if it stays that way. That's fine with me. I like so far what it does. This has been one of the coolest things I've ever done. Like this has been, uh, I've been more consistent with this than stand up over the years. I mean, I don't want to say that, but like, yes, it's got, it, got, it goes hand in hand and it, it's connected me to people I'd never thought I'd be connected with. Yeah, right. And then like Corday Snell and yeah, Joaquin. Corday Snell and, and well, he, you know, even yeah, like all of us, even all of us, you know, like, I mean, that's just on a personal level, but also, you know, I know I get, I hear feedback from people that like listening to the show and it's just, you know, I want to keep creating content for those listeners. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I, I think I told you like, uh, was talking to my dad and my dad was like hey i've been listening to your podcast i love it and he, he ran off like six or seven different guests that we had on there and i was like oh shit you do no listen way. 
Yeah. Oh wow. That's. I think you did mention that. That's. That's always interesting. Just like when I go to, a, I went to a new city I've never been to before, and people know about the voice party. Uh, I mean, it's still just here in California, but it was. It's kind of awesome to see that. Like, whoa, you've heard of it? Yeah. Nice. Like that's that. That kind of throws me off a little bit still. Like you know, I'm not used to that. Uh, I kind of almost choke up when I hear stuff like that. Yeah, because and I'm still hearing stuff like yeah, that to this day. We, we also got to think we've done over 200 episodes. I think we're coming up on 250. Really? I think because it was last year when we did the 200th. Are 52 you sure? weeks in a year. So we're at like 230-something, I think. I think we're at like 220-something, 230-something. So we're, we're coming up on that 250 episodes. That's, That's a lot of episodes, and we got a lot of cool stuff that you can look back on. I was trying to count, but I'm not going to be able to count right now. But there's a lot of cool stuff that we can look back on and like, wow, this has been going on for a long fucking time. Um, and we'd like to keep it going. We want to keep this show going. We have fun doing it. We think we're, we have interesting guests with interesting stories. And it's not just funny banter all the time, you know. I, mean, I don't know why we're talking about what the show is like. It's like uh, if you listen, you know what the show is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we just we we would hopefully we can find an influx of cash so I can buy myself a new goddamn camera finally, and we can put some some ad money behind this, grow our brand, get more listeners, grow our audience, and hopefully expose these talented people we've had on here to a wider audience of people. And also expose our own talents to the world, you know? that's I think that's the main thing. I mean, it's not, it's not that I don't care about exposing other... I mean, obviously I do, but that's also... It gets us a chance to show, hey, maybe if you'd like to come to a show, check this out. Or yeah, maybe. because we don't we don't just do the podcast. We do what, are you, what do you do, Phil? Well, I was gonna say you do stand up comedy shows. You sometimes, produce stand up comedy shows under the Voice Party. You're still sometimes. you're you're now a working stand up comic. You've almost achieved your dream of being a full time stand up comic. We we make feature films. We made a feature film about you that the Voice Party was featured in. Currently available on Amazon Prime. We're working on another film. I'm working on another film after that. Joaquin's not here because he's working on a film. We working. All, we all. We're working. Everybody's we got stuff. working. Everybody's working. Corday Snail's not here because he's fucking working. He's in Seattle. He's coming straight to the studio after he finishes at the lands. Like yeah, well we all work hard. Yeah, always. well I mean his flight got diverted to sack, so he may not come. But he's trying. He's trying to get here. He'll get here, dude. I will take an Uber to get here. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> that guy will like take a little Chinese food and then he'll be good to go. You know. Um, but. <laughs> uh, Point is, we all work hard. We all really try to put our heart out at every episode. So, like I said, if anybody knows anything that could help us, it listens. Um, it's not like, oh, either that or we don't keep doing it. No, we're going to keep doing it regardless of all that. But it would be nice. You yeah, know? it would be nice if we had some better cameras and some better lights and maybe a better, you know, there's there's things we can improve on. Yeah. Like, And we've slowly been doing that over the years, but there's only so much we can do coming out of pocket, especially because we have rent to pay and families to provide for and... We have all these other adult responsibilities that take the most of our most of our income, unfortunately. And and unfortunately, you know, we decided to stay here in the Bay Area. <laughs> Not unfortunately, but it's just, you know, it's one of the most expensive places to make it right now. Yeah. And, oh, I, I and it's great. I, it's cool. I also feel like you know, it's it's a good 
the arts are flourishing a little bit here in the, the Bay Area. Business is not so much, but the arts for sure. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I was just about to say, uh, I got a, a very good friend of mine who... You have a uh, good friend. I have a lot of good friends, but this one, uh, him and his wife and their two kids, they were living in Richmond. Yes. Uh, they had their cars broken into three times in the span of a month, and then someone totaled his wife's car in the middle of the night in a hit and run she came out to go to work the next day her fucking car is totaled so they finally were just like enough is enough we're gonna leave so they sold their house and they're moving to mendocino wow and then apparently it's dirt cheap in mendocino they got like a huge house with a huge plot of land and still have money left over from what they sold their richmond house for the only drawback is the nearest grocery store is like 45 minutes away. Yeah, that's what a lot of those, that's the problem with moving far away, like in those areas where, you know, it is cheap. I know there's some houses like 500000 near like uh, Stockton, but yeah, you're in Stockton, you know? And it just, it, there's a lot of benefits to being here in the Bay, you know, like, I, I'm seeing like a lot of benefits. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like I I, I think I talked about this uh, when I was talking about my Hollywood trip. Yeah. Like I fucking hate L.A. I hate that culture. I I could never live there. It would drive me crazy. But it is super convenient because you have all these other people in the industry there too. And if you need, and if you're in that world, yeah. And so like, fuck, you know. You know, one of the things I was shooting there, we needed a colorist last minute, and like the night before, we were able to call up three or four colorists, and one of them was able to come out and work on a project with us. And it's like that wouldn't happen out here. Getting a colorist that works on Hollywood feature films to come out for a video, like the night before, like. So having those resources, I get it, having those resources within arm's reach where whatever you need, you got it. You know, here in the Bay Area, you know, if you, if you need big cities, we got it. If you need small towns, we got it. You need oceans, we got it. You need crime, we got it. Whatever you need, we got access, it. Access to big, you know, to lots of comedy shows here. Even though the Bay Area is not a comedy hub per se, there's a lot of access to places to work material out. And there's a lot of clubs here. So it's... And then as far as food, it's one of the best places, even though that guy came. Did you hear about that guy, Keith Lee, that came to come review? See, here's the thing. I'd never heard of him before, so when people were talking about Keith Lee, I thought it was the wrestler. I was like, oh, shit, Keith Lee, the fucking AEW superstar, f former NXT champion Keith Lee? He's Oh, oh, it's some food critic. Yeah, well. But then he I heard, like, didn't he leave because the crime is so bad? He was like, y'all, this is not normal. Like, I don't know who gaslighted y'all into thinking this is normal, but this ain't it. Yeah, he got a lot of flack for saying stuff like that, which, I mean, it is, I mean, yeah, I think also where people were recommending him to spots that were, you know, like little pop-up stuff, not established good food, you know? So, there, like, there's a lot of Bay Area people were like, well, there's a lot of people that were saying, yeah, you guys sent him to these spots that are not really, they probably don't even have fucking permits, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, but he also did, but, it, you know, he also like went to like some of the really rough areas and he's right about a lot of the touristy stuff as a tourist i wouldn't want to be in the tenderloin you know yeah. and well, it's not just the tenderloin now like it, a lot of it looks like that you go anywhere it's tent but that's not just here like to say it's just here like it's crazy and there is a lot of food spots you could check out in the bay that 
you know, are not in that fucking vicinity. So yeah, there is, but you kind of also have to weigh the pros and cons. Like also, if you're a food critic, <laughs> like you know, I don't know, you're a food critic, but you're allergic to shellfish. Like I, I just can't. That's not. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I get. I, it. I, I, I you get can't it. help what you're allergic to. I know, but I know, but, I know. but I do I do think he has a point when he's talking about like like guys, you should not be accustomed to like this shitty living. Yeah, like this, like somebody gaslit you into thinking this is okay and it's not and like my coworker is so used to stepping on human shit in the city and that's just like yeah oh, fuck i stepped on it's mm-hmm. like natural well it's like well like here's the thing is like so common like i don't i don't take a lot of freelance gigs anymore i actually turn down more gigs than i take because a lot of them are like want me to film in oakland and san francisco and i'm like no like i'm not tr- i'm trying to get like robbed at gunpoint in broad daylight for my equipment that i use to put food on my family's table it's not worth it and you talked about doing a film like was it in oakland or sf and they like hired security guards to keep the crew safe yeah like there's those pockets but I don't think it's it's as it's I don't know I'm very conflicted because I don't feel like it's as bad as they say it is but I do know it's bad like I'm aware not to go to like certain parts of East Oakland with fucking cameras that are a thousand dollars I mean you, you say it's not bad but then you look at like all the people who left Oakland the fucking the Raiders left the A's left the, the Raiders, Warriors the left the Raiders Denny's left yeah, in yeah. and out left but Raiders and the A's didn't fucking leave because of the crime they left because of the fucking political bullshit that they couldn't get a hold of here in Oakland that's a whole different thing like that is a whole different thing the, the, the Denny's okay I can see that but also I think overall Denny's are not doing what they were doing in the fucking 90s and 80s they're not people aren't going to Denny's like that anymore they're, we're in a time right now where I think even fast food places aren't doing as well as it used to be because they're just if you're going to spend 35 bucks to feed two three people at McDonald's or some little pop-up spot where they use real ingredients where the fuck are you going to eat instead we have a Burger King right down the street from us right here. Do we eat Burger King? Hell no. It would have cost us just as much as the food we ate. Yep. So, like, I think that's that's the overall thing. Like, I, I, I get that, but then... Yeah, but there we, are we, we, we also have issues where you have, like, people driving cars through the front of stores and robbing them blind. That's true. No, yeah. And like, that shit's not normal. No, and people normal. getting carjacked at the fucking gas station. Yeah. Like, that's not normal. No, no, yeah. But it, 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 you say it's not, but... It is. <laughs> it's really not. It's, it's, it's really it's normal, not. It's normal to the areas where you grew up in. Like, we, we, well, okay, you and I saw more, we saw stuff like that in Richmond growing up, and then we went outside, like, wait, you guys don't also go through this? Like, that kind of stuff, it happens a lot. It's just, I think it's talked about more now because it's not just happening to well, I also people think, in the hood. I also think people are, are fed up because I've talked about, like, how, uh, Years ago, California pap- passed Prop 47, which decriminalized robberies and break-ins, and then overnight, robberies and break-ins skyrocketed. Gee, know, who could have foreseen I think, that? I don't think overnight they skyrocketed. They were already happening. I mean, it got it got worse. And, like, I understand why they did it, because they were like, we only have so much manpower, so if we stop focusing on this, we can focus all our manpower on things like murder and rape. And it's like, yeah, cool, but if you don't also keep these in check, these are going to get out of control. Yeah, no, I I remember after Prop 47 passed and it started to get real bad, I think it was like ABC News or CBS News, one of the news stations was doing a story on it, and their news van got broken into while they were interviewing somebody, and that became part of the story, is how bad it's gotten thanks to Prop 47. Yeah, and that happens a lot. Like, we see that, like, in, that's the problem with doing shows.
shows like in Oakland, it, it's I, I know for me and like you know a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of comics get broken into their shit. You know I got my window smashed. They didn't take shit, but they smashed my window. Yeah, and, and I've well, seen, I've I I saw this thing on the news where somebody had driven a car through the front of some store in Oakland and was robbing shit, and they were still there when the cops got there, but they got away because the cops were like, well, we're not allowed to chase them. And it's like, what the fuck? And that's something that comes down, like, that comes down from, like, the mayor. That comes down from, like, city leadership. That's the police being handcuffed and not being able to do their jobs properly. Because you, you think the cops want things to get this bad? That just makes their lives even harder because now shit's getting out of control. Or it keeps them, or it keeps them uh, busy with... Uh... <laughs> With That's, well, that reminds me of something I told my daughter. Uh, I was telling my daughter, I was like, okay, you know how uh, dentists make their money off people having bad teeth, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So then why would you trust a toothpaste that four out of five dentists recommend? Got to think about this shit. That's a very dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I I think it's just the more, I mean, that's like, we kind of beat our heads with this issue all the time. Like, I think the crime was always there. Like, there's all parts of Oakland. They just made, here's what happened, dude. I think this is my theory. It's just my theory. They like gentrified West Oakland where they like came in and did all a bunch of new houses, sold it to techies. And then West Oakland looked like the walking dead 11, 12 years ago. 2009, I was driving through West Oakland to do work shit. It looked like The Walking Dead. It looked like fucking, you know, zombie apocalypse. Then they started painting and whatever, building new houses, selling them to techies. And these techies are getting their fucking cars broken into. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you came and set up these little neighborhoods where crackheads would walk without caring what cars were passing by. Like, and, and there's people that are hella addicted to drugs that want to smash a window to get into whatever and then there's like people that aren't even addicted to drugs any like just people driving around like oh this fucking new bmw's moved into the neighborhood and i'm broke what, what do you think i'm gonna do I, you know <laughs> that's kind of how that happened like it's it's now that these fools moved in here and now that they're these other businesses are they have more people coming through it's like there's more sitting ducks around for these. There was always break-ins. Right. But there I, was always break-ins. It's I, just there, there's new people here, there and those is, people are getting hit up. That's, like, th what's happening, I think. There is, but then, like, you also have issues, like, if you, we'll, we'll talk about San Francisco, not to just keep beating up Oakland, but, like, you talk about San Francisco, they had that super progressive DA who yeah. was super soft on crime. Oh, yeah. And she always, had that, yeah. she had a catch-and-release policy where even if people were arrested, they were immediately released and, and without doing like, any jail time. And that's not just and San Francisco. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. if there's no consequences, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to keep happening. If people know nothing's going to happen if I rob this store, they're going to keep robbing the store because there's no consequences. I think we should put this theory to the test. You should rob something today after we leave here and see how far, how long it takes for the cops to arrest you. Or not, because <laughs> everyone is struggling. I get because everyone. they get they do find them afterwards. Sometimes it's not it's not always like they just grab them there. Sometimes they get them after. I've heard of that happening. Sometimes, but not always. Not always, but, but that's but what my, cameras are But for. my whole thing is, I get everyone is struggling. Yeah, I get yeah. it's super hard to make it right now. Being alive is expensive. Basically, don't steal from me. But here's my thing: like we're all struggling. 
you and me aren't doing shit like that. We're busting our ass trying to make an honest living. So yeah. that's, that's, I have a lot of issues with that. You know, I and like, it. I get, like, there are people who, I don't, I don't, hold on, let me, let okay, me, let me okay, get this okay, out. Okay. Cause th there are people who are like, you know, well, if we, the, if we create programs and resources for underprivileged people that will deter them from becoming cr criminals. That's proven. And, and I get that. Yeah. And I totally, I, I see the benefits of that. But you can't do that and ignore actually prosecuting, like, criminals. You have to attack the problem from both sides. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, all right, well, we're going to develop all these programs and all these resources, and we're not going to arrest people. It's like, well, you're, you're not going to uh, fix the problem then. You have to attack it from both sides. Have those programs, have those resources, you know, prevent people from becoming criminals in the first place, but you still need to prosecute the actual criminals and arrest people and chase people, not just let them get away because the mayor doesn't want you escalating robberies. Like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, like, the address with, the problem from both ends. The thing with the chasing thing is it's a little... I don't know. It's it's complicated because like if I'm working as a security guard and if I can't stop you from leaving the door, I'm not chasing you. Well, this was Oakland PD. This yeah. was this was Oakland PD, oh, right. and the people were still in the store when the cops were there, and they were able to drive off and get away. And the cops were telling the news afterwards, like, well, because of current policies, we're not allowed to chase them. And it's like, if I'm a business owner and someone breaks into my store and the cops are here while the people are there and they don't chase them, like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like they chased Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 1. <laughs> and all he did was steal a toothbrush. So I can totally see why businesses are like, fuck Oakland, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, and that's what's happening with a lot of these, you know, like, it's not just, like, the small, the small businesses, like, you know, like for example, Copper Spoon, the place I used to do comedy, and you know, they had to shut down because they're they're. I don't know exactly why per se, but part of it was they got broken into hella times. They stole all their bottles, and it happened again like a week after that. They kept getting broken into so much, their premium went up for their insurance. It's just like fuck it, I'm I'm just not gonna have a bar, and yeah. that's happening to a lot of people. I, I've heard some people, and I'm not gonna name names, yeah. but you know them who have said like well what's the big deal they have insurance and it's like you don't understand how insurance works obviously because every time you file a claim your rates go up your yeah. premiums go up you're it's now like you paying a, more it's like if you have a fucking fender bender every other week like it, see how much your shit's gonna go up yeah it's like because your rate is based on how much of a risk you are and the yeah. more of a risk you are the more they're gonna charge you because you're more likely to have something happen so it's not like oh it's free because I have insurance no you still gotta pay your deductible and your premium's now gonna go up because you used your insurance and I also don't think, like, there's a one, just one, like, I don't think just increasing police, whatever, is going to just fix the problem. There's, it's a complicated issue, man. Like, it's, you know, I don't think because police have, like you're saying, I'm not saying whatever, like, their hands tied. I don't think that's the only solution to this. It, force isn't going to be. I mean, there's no one answer, but there's a no, lot of issues and of none of them are being addressed. So my yeah. issue is like, okay, well. Can we address, can we at least start making progress? How about how about we we harsher punishment for criminals? We start prosecuting criminals again. We give yeah. actual consequences for committing crimes. You know, we stop decriminalizing break-ins and robberies, and because we have these resources available for underprivileged people, so that way they're not tempted to go down that path. 
did you hear about Vince McMahon? <laughs> I did hear. We were talking about this while we were setting up. I did hear about Vince McMahon. Uh, I'm not trying to just. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. I mean, look, it's, just, look, it's a long. He, it's a long complicated. Here's, yeah, and and here's the deal. Like I, I see a lot of people get worked up, yeah. especially over certain opinions you and I both have. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like. We're not the ones in power. No. We can't do anything about it. So we can state our opinion. If you're going to get mad, like, don't get mad at us. We have no control over the issue. Yeah. Maybe direct that energy towards something more productive, but something should be done. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the only thing you can really do as, as someone in that is... This is what I do. I would say, leave your car a little dirty. Sometimes that kind of helps prevent the car from broken into. Like this is a fucking piece of shit car has nothing inside it. I'm not gonna. My car looks filthy from the outside, and there's nothing inside. Like yay, you know, here I am. This is all I have. My fucking light is cracked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but I mean, like, there was. I I saw this one story where this dude was this wedding photographer was taking photos of a bride and groom taking their engagement photos yeah. in like Golden Gate Park at 11 o'clock in the morning and got robbed at gunpoint. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, and I hate to say like so. So yeah, it's like what? Don't go outside. Like, well, no, look, don't no. go outside. No. Don't don't have anything of value. Don't have nice things. Be aware. Don't try and have side hustles. Don't no, don't pursue your dreams. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just be aware of where you're going and where you're going to be parked. And there's things you can do just to prevent. I'm not saying you can. That's going to work, but. You know, don't be stupid about it. Don't leave shit out in the open that looks like, you, you know, like, oh, wow. If you know you're going to be around bears, maybe bring some bear mace. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? No, like, I, I don't be that. stupid. Here's don't just be like, oh, my God, my fucking Louis Vuitton purse is broken, like, is stolen. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. You left it out in the open. Like, don't be stupid. Be a little street smart where you park. And I know that's not going to always work, but you got to, like, be yeah. aware of that. So You don't so go to a fucking redneck neighborhood wearing blue you know what i'm saying like <laughs> I, I get now let, now let me say that i don't know if you how you feel about this but i feel like people are starting to get kind of fed up with how bad things are and i feel like if things don't change soon we're gonna see people start to like take matters in their own hands we, i don't know about vigilantism but we might start seeing like people caring we might start to see people fighting back when they're getting robbed and we might just see an escalation of violence across the board as people are pushing back against this because they're so fed up yeah but the carrying shit I mean, yeah, it, that can sometimes end up worse than anything. You know? Yeah, but you can't just tell people to be a victim. Like, people no, are going to stand can't. up for themselves. No, you can't. Not at all. But I'm just, I mean, yeah, like, that's, that's you know, I'm not going to go rob someone if I know they have a gun, for sure. But that also doesn't, like... <laughs> That can also be a fucking problem, you know? So much can go wrong with that. They can fucking beat you up and take your gun and chew you with it, you know? Like, you no, know, exactly. I'm not saying that's the answer, oh, no, but I'm but saying that's what'll probably happen. Oh, yeah, no, there is... There, there, it just happened in Stockton where that dude was robbing the, the cigarettes, and I don't know if you saw the video, they beat him with a stick, the two Indian guys. Like yeah, I saw, like, I saw that. Stuff like that is probably from people just getting fed up. Like, you know... Um, I don't know. I, I, it's really complicated, man. Like, you know, because um, I remember the day my window got smashed. I was fucking pissed. Like, I, I can I can understand that. And there might be some shit like that happening where people seeing someone smash and they go and, like, shoot them. You know, like that. I can see that happening. Uh, I'm not, it's not like it probably. I'm pretty sure it's happened before already. We just haven't heard about it. Yeah, and I and we'll probably hear about it soon because, like I said, people are only going to take so much before they say enough's enough, and they're going to start pushing back. 
Maybe, but I don't think so. Not in the Bay. Maybe. I don't know. Like, because the thing is, they're breaking into cars that are by themselves for the most part, and they're not just going out. And, I mean, some places are. They, they rob the guy at gunpoint for fucking DoorDash. <laughs> that is, you know? But I don't know about, like, vigilante type shit. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. There's too much cameras and too much stuff going around. Unless it's some fucking rogue guy who's, like, on, you know, that falling down what we were talking about earlier where, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to go and if I see someone steal. But who's, who's going to do that? Like, you'd be surprised what people can do when they're pushed saying, too far. Are you saying you're getting pushed to that point, Phil? Look, for me to, to, to even consider going down that road of vigilantism, I got to be able to do the salmon's ladder like Stephen Amell on Arrow, and I'm not there yet. No. Okay? I got a long ways to go. What do you, you say yet? Are you, is that a plan eventually? Are you, are you doing push-ups at, oh my God, are you? I, are even you better, I found a loophole. You were going to love this. Oh my God. Uh, I went to the doctor recently, God right? Damn. Nurses asking me, you know, height, weight. I'm like, I identify as 185. The nurse wrote it down. I get in to see the doctor. The doctor looks at my chart. He looks at me. He looks at my chart. He looks at me. He looks at my chart. He says, the nurse wrote down 185. And I was like, well, I identify as 185. California, you can identify as whatever you want. And the doctor went, fair enough. And if you look at my fucking record on Kaiser, it says I'm 185. I found a loophole. I'm like, you need to be an adult. Fucking, you, this is, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Uh, I guess, I don't know what to say about that. What are you really, like 240? Probably like closer to 275 at this point. What if they just wrote that on your section? Like, to, like, yeah, let's go ahead and go with that. <laughs> but let's, we really know he's like 270. You can't be using my assigned at birth weight. <laughs> that goes against California's anti-discriminatory laws. Oh, God. Here goes the trans jokes. Just say it. It's a trans joke. Go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. Say it. You think Mystic Man's going to do jail time? <laughs> I'm fascinated with this. I'm fascinated with this story. Because we hear this a lot with people in power, like Vince McMahon, Harvey Weinstein. So, okay, for the listeners, this probably already came out, but maybe you haven't listened to what is going on. I grew up with WWF, WWE, and Vince McMahon was like one of the coolest bad guys in, in history. Of so, so let me say this. When these accusations came out, and this isn't the first time. We've had these before. Every time these accusations come out. Anyone who has ever watched WWE programming is like, I believe it. Because yeah. this is the same guy who booked a storyline where he would where he put his wife in a medically induced coma and then would make out with Trish Stratus in front of her and then make Trish Stratus strip down to her bra and panties and bark like a dog in the middle of the ring. That was This the, is the same guy who booked himself to make out with every hot chick on the roster, whether it was Tori Wilson or Stacey Keebler or Sable. Like, this man gave zero fucks his entire career. He said the N-word back in, like, what was it? 2009, 12? Uh, I think it was like seven. Yeah. But he wore a durag. <laughs> he was wild. He was wild. And he, I mean, he just had a, a accusation for, uh, what was it? Paying for sex. So a couple, a, of, a couple of years ago, uh, he got accused of sexual assault and paying women hush money. 
And that's when he stepped down from the WWE and then came back after the TKO merger. And now more accusations have come out. And there's like, it's like a 64-page document. Timeout. This is my problem with this. Not that I'm defending any of his whatever. I'm not at all. But I'm, okay. This fucking guy, he's not like a saint by all means. He's got a lot of, you know... The, for me as a kid, I remember like when I was in, not a kid, a teen, the, the coldest, like the most cold-hearted thing he had done as uh, in my early age is like the, 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 the screw job, like what a monster. <laughs> but over the years, I've learned about more and more things that he's done, like with the whole Jimmy Superfly Snooker, like the wife that he covered up the death. Yeah, he fucking showed up at the police station with a suitcase full of money. All of a sudden, the charges disappeared. Yeah, and the guy's wife died. He was very suspicious right like what was the story do you know the story for that i i don't this remember the, the 70s, details 80s? it was like it was in like the 80s 80s okay so the guy Jim, allegedly uh his wife was just dead one day and he was drunk or whatever that's the story right jimmy snooker yeah 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 he goes to jail and then he wakes <laughs> uh, i guess yeah Vince yeah. McMahon shows goes, up with a shows up with a briefcase full yeah. of money and then he's released and it's all clean. That's like when I hear this stuff. Like, yeah, that's I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Now he you, shat on her head. He, he shat on her head. He, he did, and and he he basically like she was forced to do. This. She was forced, and and they threatened like her job. Like she worked for WWE, and she said there was multiple people who were forced into doing this, and then people who tried to like stand up or fight back or say no, I'm not doing that. All of a sudden, got demoted or all of a sudden got fired. Yeah. So you're being threatened with your job security. Uh, she was allegedly allegedly uh, coerced into doing threesomes, and not even the fun kind where it's two chicks, but the bad kind where it's two dudes. We call that the devil's the threesome. John Laurinaitis. Yeah. yeah, and he would show nude photos of her to other people and with that with that being said though is just this is my theory when i heard of all this he just merged with the tko company which also well, wwe and ufc merged and now together they're called tko tko yeah, yeah yeah i think whenever stuff like this comes out like i'm sure Hella people knew about Weinstein before that shit came out. I'm sure. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. So, I saw. So, so, what I'm saying is, it was no. This wasn't news that fucking Vince McMahon did all this shit, right? So what I'm thinking is, how do we, how do we push this motherfucker out? Yeah, because he's holding on because a lot of it is people afraid to speak up because he's someone in power, and right. Vince McMahon has the best lawyers but money this, can buy. But this seems like this is the perfect way to get him out of the equation. How do we push this motherfucker out? Let's fucking release all this shit now yeah. we're gonna pay the, the whoever not the chick not the victim but people who maybe convince her to yeah. come out publicly so here's oh, let me just say okay, okay. they're probably this was a uh, of course a lot of those people were probably the thing about it is I'm sure that a lot of the people that are accusing him are also guilty of some shit maybe not just with that victim there's others you know and I'm sure this is just a way to like He's got too much pull here. I need to get some of this power back myself. How do I get rid of him? And yeah. so, so I'll, I'll say this: like he had her sign an NDA, which is crazy. Which, which is crazy. Um, uh, supposedly, he was supposed to pay her three million in hush money. He only paid her one million, and so 
that can be considered a breach of contract so that that way the NDA is no longer enforceable. Also, if these accusations are true, an NDA doesn't protect you from illegal acts. So if any of this stuff turns out to be to be grounds, that can also be grounds for the, the NDA to be terminated. But it looks like they were like, hey, this is our opening because he's powerful, he's got all these lawyers, but by breaking the NDA, by not paying you the full settlement amount, that can be grounds for us to finally go public with this and get him on this loophole, get him on this technicality, and then hopefully, with all this stuff public, other people might come forward too, and we can nail this son of a bitch to the wall. Which, this is the second step though, right? They got him earlier because of And he's, he's being investigated by the FBI right now for not just this, but other accusations as well. Like what? Okay, well, he's been accused multiple times in the past and it always just disappears. They always just settle out of court. Yeah. And so I was reading that the FBI like raided his house wow. and he's being investigated by the FBI over for, these charges and previous charges. For what was he in the past? Uh, same kind of thing. Sexual assault, trafficking, you know, all these. And Trafficking. Well, it's trafficking because WWE moves from state to state all across the and country. These, and these people, these this, this woman in particular, like she was forced to move from place to place. Yeah, exactly. Cross state lines and being coerced into these sexual acts. And so that's where that's where a lot of it comes from as well. Did you see any of the text messages? I did. They're very graphic. Really? And they're they, they sound like it's coming from a fucking horny teenager. It doesn't sound like a 58-year-old man or whatever age he was. It's crazy. What's, what's crazy is apparently crazy he, how he, sick he was. He had, like, sex toys that were named after wrestlers. So I, I'm just, can you just imagine, like, in his office and he's Which like, he really loved those wrestlers. Can, can you imagine, like, being in the <laughs> office and, do it. and he's do just it. like, John, hand me the Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's sick, man. It seems like, but that's just a rich guy thing. Like, yeah. It makes well, sense. So, so here, here's another thing. It makes sense that he's in the office. This shit though, well, you know? well here's, here's another thing though like years ago Shane McMahon kind of like cut ties with WWE and went off and did his own thing and we never really got a reason why other than Vince saying oh Shane wants to find his own path and forge his own destiny mm -hmm. right just vague stuff like that and one of the rumors I'm hearing now is that Shane might have known about all this going on and was just like, I don't want to end up like you. I don't want to be connected to this. I'm going to leave. Wow. Really? That's allegedly. Allegedly. None of us were there, so we don't know. It's all here. Because he did leave for a while. Like, he went to China or something. To yeah, he started. He did his own media company. He, he was gone for, like, 10 years. And then he came back, I think, in, like, 2015, 2016. And I think he's gone again now. And I, I know, like, no one, like, none of the... It's it's like Triple H doesn't have any power there anymore. Well, actually, Triple H is essentially in Vince McMahon's role now. He's in charge of creative. Oh, he He's running WWE. So Vince Triple H is in the Vince McMahon role. But now that WWE and UFC are both under TKO, like the TKO board of directors are above him. So he has to answer to the board of directors. And The Rock is now on the board of directors for the T for TKO. So he owns part of WWE. Well, he, I mean, he owns it, but he's on the board of directors. So he has a lot of say when it comes to... So he's probably in charge of getting rid of Vince now. Yeah, and, and well, Vince resigned. Vince stepped, Once these accusations came out, he was like, I swear I'm innocent, but just to be safe, I'm going to resign so I don't drag the companies through the mud. And that's why right now they're changing their show around a little bit right like they were supposed to be I don't know if you watch it but Cody was supposed to be yeah and then the rock they, they pulled a Wrestlemania 9 and yeah. rock came out and I don't, we'll see where this goes like 
It's one of them. Uh, it's it's one. Of they the get things. a lot of negative. They've gotten a lot of negative pushback on that rock but segment. But are still gonna watch. Like it doesn't. It's not gonna. If anything, this is gonna bring a lot of people to watch the shit. Like, yeah. Well, th- see, here's here's the thing: is a lot of people are like. So if you don't know, at the end of WrestleMania nine, the main event was Bret Hart versus Yokozuna yeah. for the WWF title. Yeah. And then. At the end of the match, like, Yokozuna won, and then at the end of the match, Hulk Hogan came out, and he challenged Yokozuna, and then he beat Yokozuna and won the title. Yeah. And from what we understand, that was like a backstage ploy. Hogan felt that he should be, like, I guess Brett was supposed to win, but then Hogan was like, I think I should be champion, and I'm Hulk Hogan, so what I say goes, and so that's where the screwy finish came about. And so it seems like a similar thing, because for the past year, even longer, they've been building to this match with Cody and him finishing the story with Roman Reigns. And then all of a sudden, this thing with The Rock happens where where The Rock takes his place, and it seems like... Rock was pushing for it. It seems like maybe TK. He, he wanted to. Take and it spot. seems like maybe the TKO board of directors were just like, uh, well, we don't know if Cody versus Roman would be as big a draw as Rock and Roman. So, I mean, the tickets are already sold out. They're not going to sell any more tickets. Right, right. So, yeah. like, that's kind of a moot argument, in my opinion. Well, also, I mean, I mean, the, it's like the Rock's old now. No one cares. A lot, of, a lot of fans would probably rather see CM Punk. Yeah. Well, CM Punk got injured in the Rumble. He tore his his tricep because he's so he so he's out. Yeah. So I don't know. It probably would have been. We'll, we'll, it probably would have been. It probably would have been Cody and Roman, and then Seth Rollins and CM Punk. But now they're having to pivot. So I don't know. How much of this is because of CM Punk getting hurt? Oh, how much I don't of know. this is because of the fucking Vince? The Vince McMahon shit is way more interesting than anything they're gonna put out in their fucking show so they have to bring in the rock that's what i would say that's what i would think anything anything well the thing is you look on social media and they've been getting a lot of pushback from fans about this yeah like a ton of negative comments a ton of dislikes so who knows if they pivot who knows if they do some shenanigans it It might be it it might be it might be a three-way at wrestlemania they may put cody in there or they may do cody and seth rollins who knows break the fat the the company too like this this is like i mean i don't know maybe i'm tripping but like AEW is not nowhere near what they were. So here's the thing: I was a big supporter of AEW when they came out. Yeah. I believe, I believe competition is a good thing. Yeah. Um, they suck. I'm not really a fan of them now, mainly because of how the whole CM Punk situation was handled. Do you, do you follow all that? Yeah, I followed it. We're like Adam Page came out and like went off script and shot on him live on Dynamite, and he's like, "What the fuck." And then, like, the Young Bucks were spreading rumors that he got Colt Cabana, like, taken off TV. And Punk's like, I have nothing to do with any of that. And so, like, all these... And then... I don't know enough. It just, just kind of seems like he was frustrated because the people who work there and the people who are in charge don't have the same business mentality he does. Yeah. They're just kind of there to have fun and goof off. And he's like, well, I'm trying to make money and grow this business. I, honestly, I I don't hear about wrestling stuff. I don't really care about the storyline. I, I hear about the scandals, and that's more interesting than the fucking wrestling. Like, the, the storylines. Hmm. Like, the whole... Vince McMahon shit is probably bringing way more eyes right now than Cody's whatever. I can't wait for the Dark Side of the Ring episode about Vince McMahon because you know <laughs> we're going to get one at some point. <laughs> right. And that that kind of stuff is way more interesting than the fucking show. So for th- me, for me. So let me tell you, tell you this. Um, 
years ago, you know, WWE does those documentaries on all their wrestlers, right? Yeah. They did it's, one on... It's like a 30 for 30 before. Kind of. Yeah. But they did, they did one for Vince McMahon years ago. Yeah. Right? And in the documentary, or it might have been on the special features on the DVD, I don't remember, but Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, was telling this story about how when uh, she got pregnant with her first kid... Oh, that was sick. Vince McMahon pitched the idea of, we should do a storyline where I'm the father. And she was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then Vince came back, okay, okay, what if it was Shane? And she was like, no. And then you also hear like, like back back in the nineties, like Donald Trump shit right there. Well, back in the nineties, Ken Shamrock, they introduced his sister, Ryan Shamrock, which was really just his real life girlfriend, but they decided to make her a TV character and they made her his kayfabe sister. And then Vince McMahon wanted to do like a romance angle with them. Like for some reason this guy's into fucking incest because he keeps pitching all these incest angles. It's weird, man. Like I remember hearing comedian uh, Patrice O'Neill where he when he worked for WWE he was like man he, he I remember some some interview he said uh, Vince is cold like he's cold hearted like he'll have a guy in there who's Middle Eastern he's like do an accent like uh, based on like you know do the make the character do an accent like write it like I don't give a fuck like write some like some racist ass shit he's like I, he didn't care like oh, you don't want to do it then you're fucking out of here like he was hella cutthroat as a businessman yeah, and apparently that's just that's people are used to that. That's been well. He's he's been a cutthroat businessman his whole life. Like uh, back in the day, the NWA's biggest uh, pay per view of the year was Starcade. Yeah, and it used to happen. You know, in November, it used to happen on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, you know, and so you'd have Thanksgiving dinner, and then you watch Starcade. Yeah, right. Uh, Vince McMahon. That was WWE. That was NWA. NWA. And so Vince McMahon to compete with the NWA to, and one up them he created the Survivor Series mm. which was also on Thanksgiving Day mm. and so it was the same day and he even told pay-per-view providers if you carry Starcade, I'm not going to give you Wrestlemania uh. so I think I don't remember if it was Starcade 86 or 87 or 80 is one, one I forget which Starcade it was but it only got picked up by like a handful of pay-per-view carriers and it was like this huge devastating blow to the NWA but they're still around no they're just not nowhere near well, uh, no, nowhere near what they were and, and now small little and, areas. and now they're owned by you know Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan of the Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins but that's the kind of businessman Vince McMahon was yeah you know and I think like like with the whole Vince thing, everybody knows there's a lot of a lot of wrestlers have came out and spoken spoken out about how fucked up he is. See, here's here's what's weird, because we also hear about how compassionate Vince McMahon can be at times. Like with for, Undertaker. Well, like when Bret Hart was in WCW mm -hmm. and he had his stroke and he was in the hospital, Bret told the story. He got a call from Vince McMahon. He hadn't spoken to Vince McMahon in three years since the Survivor Series screw job. And Vince called him to check up on him and see how he was doing. And he gave him a fucking pep talk. He was like, Bret, you're a fighter. You're going to get through this. 
Like, and then you hear, like, Maven talked about, like, when his mom died. Vince McMahon personally called him and offered his condolences and told him, take, take all the time off you need. If you need anything from us, we're here from you. So people can, it's weird because, like, people can be compassionate and still be fucking Yeah, like, nobody's one thing or another. Like, no. there's multiple sides to people. So no. even those serial killers, bro, who killed many people were nice to their family and friends. I actually have a story to tell you. All right. But just to put a cap on the Vince McMahon thing, like, nobody's one thing or another. Is he probably this sex-crazed, power-hungry maniac? Yes. Does that mean he's heartless? Not necessarily. I don't think anyone is one thing or the other, but sometimes people have more of the one thing that, like, shows eventually at the end it's going to collapse on you, and you can't carry that fucking burden. Or if someone, it spills in with somebody else. With him... It's all these years of we know what the fuck. Just what from we know is pretty terrible, but now all that other, like, probably did more bad than good in his life, even though he did a lot of good and did a lot of good for others. But, you know, he still, they pulled all this shit out and fucking, it, it's, it's out there now. Right recently, they were, like, showing videos of him being, like, a nice little old grandpa, dad, and like he's looking old, like oh look at him when he was in in Saudi Arabia or whatever with yeah. Undertaker, and he looked like an old shriveled old man. It's like oh he's so he looks so cute. Like everyone was like, wow he's really old now. Like he's he's aging he's aging gracefully or whatever. Like he's gonna die a, a sweet old man. But sometimes that shit comes yeah. back to bite you in the ass. So apparently. I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if he's going to do jail time because he's got the best lawyers money can buy. Yeah. But I don't know if his reputation recovers from this. I doubt it. I, I mean, Harvey Weinstein ain't going to be working in the industry anymore. No. So who knows? Who knows? Um, you said you have a story. So check this out. Uh, there's this YouTuber who I used to watch back in the day. His name was Vote Saxon 07. He used to do a bunch of Doctor Who videos. He'd review the show. He'd review the toys, right? He's not the greatest YouTuber in the world, but he fucking loved Doctor Who. He's really passionate about it. Just pause real quick. I wish you had a better camera on yourself for this episode, but go on. Go on. I know. I didn't feel... I thought about it, but then I was like, I don't want to have to rewire everything. Okay. Fuck it. Somebody send us money. I'll buy a new camera. Okay. Right? So anyway, he would do all these Doctor Who reviews, right? And he was super passionate and knowledgeable about Doctor Who, right? I used to watch him all the time. He was hilarious. He was great. He was knowledgeable. And for Loved the listeners, it. was Doctor Who? The British sci-fi show that's been on for 60 years. So anyway, um, the show is weird because it's a British show. So like, What's it called, the show? Doctor Who. No, no, no. The, 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 Vote Saxon 07. So like, the show would go on hiatuses. You'd get one episode at Christmas, and then it'd be another year before you get another episode. So he couldn't do a channel just about Doctor Who because there's not enough Doctor Who stuff to fill out a calendar year. So we started doing videos about other stuff that he was passionate about, and it never popped off the way his Doctor Who stuff did. And he was, you, he was getting very frustrated about that because he was like, look, I like stuff that's not Doctor Who. Like, I don't want to just do Doctor Who stuff. But, like, he, he was in, I think, like, the U.K. or Australia. I forget where he is. Other, some, some other part of the world. He flew to New York, made a whole documentary about Ghostbusters filming locations, went to the firehouse. Went I've, to, I've seen that. Went to, like, the restaurant where Lewis Tully gets attacked by the terror dogs. Made a whole documentary about Ghostbusters filming locations. 
it did maybe 7,500 views on his YouTube channel, and then a review he did for a sonic screwdriver that he knocked out in 20 minutes does like 25,000 views. And so he was getting frustrated. He's putting all this effort into these videos and nobody gives a shit, right? Um, eventually, I kind of stopped watching because I just, I just grew out of it, moved on to other things, lost interest, right? Fast forward a couple years, uh, last year, I decide, you know what, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while, there's new Doctor Who stuff, let me see what he's been up to. So I'm watching, you know, his most recent review, and I'm like, oh, just like the good old days, you know, you get that nostalgic feeling, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like reconnecting with an old friend, right. right? And then I'm scrolling through the comments, and all the comments are like, I hope you burn in hell, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. So I do some research. It turns out this guy murdered his pregnant girlfriend like three days before Christmas. Doctors, uh, no, the, 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 the Saxon, YouTuber. Saxon. Yeah, the YouTuber. He murdered his pregnant girlfriend, allegedly murdered his girlfriend three days before Christmas. And he pre-recorded like a fake four-hour live stream of him playing Grand Theft Auto, and he streamed that while he was doing the murder, and he used that as his alibi because he was like, "Well, I couldn't have killed her. I was at home streaming. You can now Grand Theft Auto. You can watch." Allegedly, allegedly, right? And so, originally, he was dismissed as a, a suspect. But then he like stopped cooperating with the police, and they were like, "Hmm." That's suspicious. And then, like, he was visiting with the girlfriend's parents, and he, like, left his phone behind and then came back later to get it, and the parents found he had, like, an audio recorder on his phone going, like he was trying to record them when he wasn't around to see if they suspected him. And so they did some digging, and they found out his live stream wasn't actually live, that it was pre-recorded. So there goes his alibi. Uh, so he's in jail right now. He's awaiting trial. I think he goes to trial in August. This guy is a prime example of how some people who appear to be completely normal and cheerful can secretly be psychopaths beneath. Yeah. All the comments are like, I'm and looking it, at it now. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because like, you know, you, I, I watched this guy on YouTube for years and it's like, you think you know somebody and then this happens. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. No, not, not vote Saxon 07. He's not, he wouldn't do that. And when you, when you know that and you go back and you watch the live stream, like it's super suspicious because yeah. the whole time he's like pretending like his, his setup is super janky. Like at the beginning, he's like, uh, I'm not going to be check, checking the chat because I don't want the stream to crash and OBS is barely hanging on. So if you want to talk, talk amongst yourselves, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be checking the chat. I'm just going to play some games. Feel free to hang out. And then periodically he'll be like, are we still up? Yeah, we're still up. Okay, we're still up, everybody. Like, he's making it seem like his, his stream is super janky. Yeah, so he's he's in jail right now. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, he killed his wife, huh? Well, pregnant girlfriend. They weren't married. Wow. This is his pregnant girlfriend. Well, that is... That's devastating if you like this content. I see, yeah. I see, um, never heard of this channel before, but <laughs> it's like people are like devastated because they like this content. Yeah, because again, like you, we, we spend so much time watching other YouTubers. But that's not the first YouTuber that's done that. Like, there's it, been YouTubers that like have become. Th there has, but this is the first time somebody used a live stream as an alibi. Yeah. And then. Because there's been like live stream murders already. <laughs> 
Have you, yeah. seen, have you heard of those? I, like, I have. I, and I, I've, yeah. Yeah. That, so that, I, I saw like this thing where um, this it was this guy on Facebook Live. He killed an old man. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Because yeah. of some girl. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that sucks about, like, you know, um, like people are anything something any anytime someone br like creates something cool to like post videos or whatever someone uses that to you know just like the red room shit that's why we can't have anything nice <laughs> we can't have anything nice i think that's a good way to end this episode they can't end, have anything nice um did you w watch anything new recently in the new year that is interesting i have some things i've seen uh what is it uh i saw the iron claw Iron which is that which is that A24 film is about McMahon in there? No, but it's about the the Von Erich family. Okay. And it was really good. Okay. I was telling you like me and my wife we watched Aquaman 2 and Iron Claw the same day. We didn't say two words about Aquaman 2 after we got out of the theater. We couldn't stop talking about Iron Claw. Which one did you first? We saw Aquaman 2 first. Oh, okay. That, well, that makes sense. Of yeah. course. You just saw the other one, so that makes sense. But, I mean, even after we saw Aquaman 2, we weren't talking about it after we got out of the theater. Do they show, like, the suicides in that family? They, they show a lot in the family. And, like, blue, uh, 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 what's it called? When you, when you, like ruin the story for anyone watching spoilers, spoilers. spoilers yeah. so here's the thing i knew the story of the von eric family because i'm a wrestling fan my wife didn't so every time one of them would drop like a fly she'd be like what yeah and she was just by the end she was just but devastated they, i heard they missed the brother in the movie they cut out a whole brother but to be fair it's the brother nobody remembers because he never did anything got it okay so okay. And, and also, it's like, look, we, we're trying to tell a story. We're trying to tell a movie. We only put so many fucking characters in here. Yeah. And, like, they did take some liberties with it. Like, some stuff didn't quite happen the way it happens in the movie. But that's going to be the same with any biopic. Like, I go, like, go back to Man on the Moon, and there's the whole opening monologue with Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman, where he talked about how they rearranged the events of his life for dramatic purposes. Like, same thing here. Like, some stuff got switched around. I've never seen that movie. i got to watch You've it. You've never seen Man on the Moon? i got to watch it's it. It's really good. Um, I watched the new documentary an american nightmare on netflix have you seen that i i have not it's about a girl that got kidnapped in vallejo and it's interesting it's fucked up it's fucked up they try to demonize it's pretty new so i don't i mean it's not like a new story but if, if you watch it, it it makes you like if you feel bad for them some girl she this lady was kidnapped by like a serial rapist and they tied up her boyfriend this happened in vallejo mm -hmm. and the the serial rapist whatever convinced her it was some uh, he, he he kept her in a room and then he, he said hey my whatever partners business partners are telling me to have to film a sex tape with you so that we have some kind of leverage over you because we haven't gone the ramps so, some shit like that and the whole time the cops were investigating the the boyfriend they thought he was the one that put her up to it and then she came out the guy let her loose and then it was like, oh, they're imitating Gone Girl because Gone Girl had just came out. She's doing the, the thing. Have you seen Gone Girl? I love Gone Girl. Okay. Gone Girl's a so great they movie. Thought, they thought that she was doing that because the movie had just came out. So they came up with the whole theory that she's doing this. Meanwhile, she really did get kidnapped. And the police were just like, nah, no, this guy's guilty. We're going <laughs> to. It, it was. Yeah. It's fucked so, up. So it's, what, what, actually, what that reminds me of. Uh, 
Back in the day, I used to do a, a creepy pasta horror show called Frosted Mini Fears, right? Yeah. And there was that story that came out where those girls like stabbed their friend to death because Slender Man told them to do it. I don't know if you remember that story. Yeah. On like the official creepy pasta, like in the cre creepy pasta community, like somebody decided, well, we should retire the character out of respect and not write any more Slender Man stories. And me and my buddy Chad, who ran the show, were like. That's pretty fucking stupid to blame a fictional character yeah. for the actions of real people. Yeah. So we we shot a PSA with with him and our friend Efren and Slenderman where they're like calling Slenderman an asshole. Yeah. You know, and, and it was it was a P the PSA we called it "Don't Stab People," a Frosted <laughs> Mini Fears PSA. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's stupid whenever stuff like that comes out because you know I mean. It, like these people, these, these cops in the in the film, they they just said, "Oh, it's Gone Girl. She's doing Gone Girl." <laughs> like, no, mm -hmm. in, in the real the, the whole time. I mean, I, I don't want to give up too much, but like the police, the police were ignoring certain things that were being sent to them, and it was evidence that eventually got the guy caught, and he's in jail now. But he was kidnapping women, but he was very apologetic about it. He broke into a house once, and he told her. You shouldn't. You should have a security system or a dog. God damn it! I could have kidnapped and raped you. Like it was. He was saying stuff like that to the victims. Like he was crazy but nice, <laughs> but crazy. And luckily, someone found hair in his like torture, whatever, and mm -hmm. it matched that girl. So it, it's just crazy how they were not believing the story, ready to throw the dude in jail and question him. There's a video of him getting questioned. Where he's like. Tell us how you did it. <laughs> where are they? Like the Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's beating the shit up. Have you seen that one they made where the, the, the guy, it's like a spoof. He's beating up the Joker. He's like, I don't know. I'm just a clown. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. Okay. But, right. but anyways, um, yeah. I also saw an old movie from 2009 called uh, Dog Pound. It's on Tubi. Tubi has some good movies sometimes. It was a straight to DVD. French. You know what? Tubi has our movie, so I'll agree uh, with you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's been the voice party. And we're out.